Okay, so this City Hill service recording is slightly abnormal and unusual and unique from the others that we've previously done. I am at Epsom Hospital in the chapel because Jody has been either in labor or giving birth to our beautiful baby girl. It's Saturday. I'm waiting with anticipation for how this day goes out. It's a defining moment in my life. Now, we start this new series tomorrow called The Apprentice, and we're going to be doing something revolutionary for us as a church. It's going to be a big day um, for us. Um, Claude, who is amazing, is going to be doing one-to-ones with each individual member of the church that's there, working with them to help maximize their opportunities as disciples and followers of Jesus to become the best that they can be and be empowered and connect with this deity. So it's going to be a really exciting, awesome time. For this series, we are using the term apprentice. The reason being is that it's a term more widely accepted in our secular society, but we are ultimately referring to the term disciple. There is, however, a significant difference between being a student and a disciple and being an apprentice and a disciple. A student wants to pass a class, get a grade or a degree. A disciple wants to be like their teacher. That is to become what the teacher is. In today's exercise, we are creating a safe space for each of us as individuals to become more like our teacher, to collaborate together. Today is about best positioning our lives so as to be more like our teacher, Jesus. In Matthew 23, verse 1 to 8, Jesus has some words to share with us. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat, and so do and observe whatever they tell you, but not the works they do, for they preach but do not practice. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger. They do all their deeds to be seen by others, for they make and their fringes long, and they love the place of honor at the feast and the best seats in the synagogues and greetings at the feasts and the marketplaces and being called rabbi by others. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher, and you are all brothers. And call no man your father on earth, for you have one father who is in heaven. You have one father who is in heaven. Call no man rabbi. Call no man father. Jesus told them to call no man rabbi. He tells them they are all brothers with one teacher being God. This doesn't mean God is against the titles, the term teacher or the term father. But within a particular culture, within their society, this is what he's talking to. And this is an issue he's raising, which for us, it can be easy to kind of see that and look past it and see we're talking about a title issue. But we're totally not talking about that. This is because Jesus is showing them their father in heaven is the one they are to seek to be like. That is why Jesus only does what he sees his father doing. Jesus wants us to aim not to be like our brothers, but to be like him. So with the rabbi and his disciples, what would happen is you'd have these students, these disciples that would be learning under him, that would look to him, that would follow him everywhere. There have been stories of... um, even modern day disciples 
following their rabbi to the bathroom just in case they miss a moment of wisdom. There have also been stories of um, disciples hiding in the closet to hear and get the best position they can to see how their rabbi is with their wife, that they can be just like them. There's this obsessive pursuit to be like their rabbi because they see how great their rabbi is. But Jesus is pointing out that this is flawed, that all you're doing is looking to one of your brothers, one of your siblings, which isn't where you want to aim. You want to have your eyes on your father. Jesus puts his eyes on the father, his father in heaven. Jesus does everything he sees his father doing. And so Jesus says, if you want to know what the father's doing, you can't see the father. No one has seen the father, but I have seen the father. And then he tells them to follow him because he is the visual, living, physical embodiment of his father here on earth. So as we do this series apprenticed over these three weeks, we're doing something sacred. We're taking our gaze off our brothers. We're taking our gaze off of those around us and we're fixing them firmly onto Jesus, the physical living embodiment. God become flesh and blood living among us, showing us how to live, showing us how to treat one another, showing us how to be. And so as we pursue this series apprentice, we are asking deeper questions. Now, with regards to City Hill, you may want to do this as you listen online at home with your wife or with a friend or with a family member or with whoever. Um, But in the one-to-one sessions, we're going to be focusing on a couple of questions. I'm going to share these questions with you online that you can do this for yourself. Um, These are ones that aren't like the ultimate questions, but they're the questions we're choosing to ask at City Hill at this time. This is something we feel that God is wanting to change in us to be more like Him. So these are our questions. But these are not exclusive questions. They're just the ones for this particular moment in time and space. What has it previously meant to you to be a disciple or be a follower of Jesus? So this is just a discussion question. Get the discussion going. Talking about where you've been, how you've seen that, how you've perceived that. That we can lead away and transition to this new kind of maybe new, it could be a continuous, continuing on the correct context that we've just given that particular passage, but it may shift how you see discipleship. And if so, this is where the discussion happens in the one-to-one. Has what was said today changed that in any way? So we're hearing how you've seen discipleship in the past. Like in our 21st century context, it's normally just a program you go on. But has this understanding now changed that, not just in the context of who they are, but how we perceive discipleship? Like, um, if we're following Jesus, then maybe I don't have to go on that program. Uh, Maybe I need to spend more time finding out who he is, discussing that with one another, and pursuing what he really meant in the teachings and the sayings and the way he lived his life. What are the key areas of your life that matter? The reason we ask this question is because for some people, what matters in their life isn't actually their job, their occupation, but there's ultimately something else that defines them. I'm a mum. I'm a dad. Um, I'm an artist. I'm a poet, I'm a writer, I work in media, I work in business, I work in law. For some of us, our jobs are what define us because they are so ultimately entangled with what is our vocation and our calling. But for others of us, it's like, man, that's just the thing I do to get the bills paid. Like, that's not who I am. This is who I am. This is what matters. So discussing what the key areas of your life are that really matter to you. Which of these areas do you believe God wants you to surrender the most to help you to become more like him in. Then we go to the last kind of section. So it's quite a short little thing to go through, but it's helpful. We read Matthew 5, 14 to 16. The reason we focus on this particularly is for us as a church, this is the defining foundation of who we are. Um, We're a city on a hill, hence the church is called City Hill. 
He's called us to shine our light collectively and as individuals. Jesus says here that if you shine your light before men, they will see your good works, praise your Father in heaven. People can enter into relationship, enter into worship with God because of seeing how we are and how we interact and how we are apprentices, disciples, students, learners, followers of Jesus. So Jesus says that means you don't light your candle, your lamp, and you don't put it under a basket. You put it on a lampstand so all can see. So we look at this passage now. This is the final part. This is where real discussion happens, real creativity. It's not a passive thing being a disciple of Jesus. It's engaging in the creativity. It's engaging in the activity. So explore ways together to help come up with ideas, to help position the light in your life within your sphere of influence. So it brings us back to all the questions we've looked at. And ultimately, it's about where can I position the light that God has given me? So what matters in your life? What areas in your life matter and finding how you can position the light that God has for you there and then. Now, I'm going to throw out some ideas here of things I like to do. I like to occasionally freak someone out. I like to buy a coffee somewhere and pay for the person behind me. Um, It freaks them out. It shines a light. I'm a big coffee guy. I love coffee. So for me, that's a great way of doing something. Other times, it's by doing the opposite of what someone expects in the situation. So sometimes people will hear that I'm a pastor. They expect me to be judgmental, and I'm like totally not that at all. Sometimes um, it can be just that loving moment. Sometimes it can be allowing a person to abuse you. So they're verbally abusing you because they're angry and they're hurt, and they expect you to fight back, and you don't, and you just accept it, and you accept them, and you find that it takes that relationship with that person to that next place, that next level, because you've shined a light that says, it doesn't have to be this way. You have treated me this way, but I haven't treated you that way in return. Showing you that ultimately when things don't go how you want, you can choose to be different. You can choose to do things in a different way. You could be shopping, and if you've had a great month, or you've had a bonus, or you've come into some little bit of money, you could pay for someone's shopping behind you or what I have done most frequently out of all of these recently is especially when I've been out and around Clapham or whenever I'm local to the church I've had a few times I say the church we don't have a building but locals are where we meet Um, not that the church is a building of course it is the people but it's just part of our stigma and how we see things but I see homeless guys all the time that ask me questions and say like hey can I have some money and I say no but do you want to eat and if they do I will let them pick the restaurant and I'll pay So even if they pick somewhere that's like 20 quid, bang, I'll do it. Um, That freaks people out. And not only that, people passing by kind of slow down and look at you like you're crazy. It really does shine the light of Jesus. Those are things that I tend to do because I'm not just comfortable with those. Those are an expression that I really enjoy doing. I love doing that. It's not a weird thing for me. It's something I care about. I love also um, connecting people. So as soon as I hear someone's story where they want to go, I love trying to think of anyone I know that could help them get on that journey, help push them ahead. That's another way I like to shine the light. So it's finding the areas in your life that you can consistently and habitually create new habits of shining the light of Jesus to change and to bless people within your context of where you are, to be a part of that force that's redeeming all things, that sustains all things, to be like Jesus in all that he does. I hope you find those questions helpful. And um, we'd love it if you could feed back to us. You can comment on our SoundCloud. So if you're listening on SoundCloud, you can go there and just write comments there. If you have subscribed to the City Hill podcast on iTunes, you're awesome. We love you. Um, Let us know how things get on. You can always email us, hello at cityhill.org.uk. We'd love to hear 
how you find this. And if you have ideas for better questions and better ways of doing this, please, please share them with us. We're learning and we'd love to learn together and we'd love to test those things out if they are right for us at this time. Cool. Well, I hope you guys have a great time. I'm just going to pray for us. Father, we pray you bless us, that you move through us. I thank you that although I'm recording this in the chapel at Epsom, I am still connected to the wider family of God, my brothers and my sisters and my wife. And we just pray selfishly for ourselves for a safe, wonderful, healthy, beautiful birth and a beautiful baby girl to enter into this world. And we pray that all those listening online will be blessed. And I pray for my brothers and sisters who will be meeting in the flesh at City Hill on Clapham Common at Metro, that they would know your peace, they would know your rest, and that through this one-to-one time of Claude, you would bless them, you would be among them, you would be there tangibly changing and transforming each individual person into your image and for your glory. And may you bless the rest of this series and may it change our church irrevocably. Amen.